Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 106, interview with Jason Shepard of N0A, coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Zyko, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast. My name is Carl Valerian. I'll be your host today. We have a really special guest on today. But before we introduce that special guest, I want to talk to my other AvGeek friends. And uh, that would be joining us, a person from Kentucky. And that is Sean Moody. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Hey, glad to be here. It's a little bit cooler today here in Kentucky. October 1st is the day we're recording this, and it sounds like fall just got the memo. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Sean, you know, your ears must have been ringing. I was speaking about you uh, while I was in Puerto Rico. And uh, yeah, they had a convention in Puerto Rico. And uh, of course, uh, most people there knew who you were when I showed you the picture uh, in, in that local area in, in, uh, Ken- in Kentucky. There was a whole bunch of uh, regulators, uh, banking regulators that were there. Huh. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. They were having a, a grand time, and I got to speak with a lot of them, just some wonderful people. Kentucky's cool. a beautiful state. If you're into aviation, check it out. I absolutely love flying over Kentucky with the rolling hills and, uh, you know, the Kentucky bluegrass. It's just just phenomenal. Just a, a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, from you got hills, valleys, and horses. What else could you ask? Also joining us today is uh, Tom Frick. Tom is here in uh, Florida, lovely Florida. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, Tom. And I'm glad you could join us because the person that we have with us actually is uh, somebody that you have been associated with in the past. And that person doesn't mean much of an introduction. It's somebody who I think is one of the the better instructors out there, one of the amazing advocates for aviation, and truly an inspirational individual and just a good, good guy. That's Jason Shepard from M0A. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Carl. I feel like poor Sean's outnumbered. We have three Florida guys, you know, <laughs> hanging out, and then Sean, you know, the poor guy. I spent a little time in Florida at one point, so I'll, I'll, I'll consider myself part of the club a little bit. <laughs> well, well, honestly, I think Jason's uh, in an area or flies out of an airport that looks like Kentucky because of all the horses. And, uh, You're that's, very correct. <laughs> that's in Central Florida. As a matter of fact, where I grew up in New Jersey, we, uh, you know, a lot of my friends would send their horses down to uh, Florida so that they could actually uh, get warm and not have to worry about uh, freezing up there in, in the states. And just some beautiful, beautiful farms out there in Central Florida. Florida. I, I should try that approach. Just go down there for the for the winter. I'm well, on board with that. Yeah, it's called a snowbird, by the way, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and what's interesting in aviation in Florida, you do see an uptick. When it gets colder here, people start bringing their airplanes down, which is really cool. I think we live in one of the best places for aviation because it's sunny every day somewhere in Florida. That's not not a day where they, it's overcast all the time. But Jason, actually, you you have done some amazing things in aviation, and uh, I, I think you know just to start off with, where Jason, what is M zero A and and what do you folks do there? And then we'll get a little bit back into your story as to why you got into aviation. Sure, absolutely. M0A.com is in the business of creating safer, smarter pilots. We realized two things uh, that everybody, and you can walk anywhere and see it, everybody's got their heads down on their phones, everybody's always in their iPad. And how can we begin to reach aviators and this next generation of pilots coming? where they're always at and they're always on their devices. So we said, okay, how can we reach those individuals? So we started with our YouTube channel, which grew into our online ground school. And then from there, 10 books came out of it. And we literally, uh, honestly, start every single day saying, what can we do to reach those that younger demographic of p- future pilots 
and continue to create safer, smarter pilots. And that's what we do on a, on a day-to-day basis. We have a beautiful little studio here in Ocala uh, in Florida, and we're in that studio almost every day doing something uh, to grow the pilot population and try to reach those aviators where they're at. And, and you're growing everybody in the pilot population. We're not just looking at people that want to be in career aviators. We're looking at people that want to get into aviation recreationally. Everybody, it's, it, you know, it's a big tent. We're trying to bring everybody into that tent, I believe. And, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, we, we've gone from the private pilot blueprint, which is one of our books that says, OK, um, where do I get started? What makes a great flight instructor? Do I go to a flight school? Do I go to a flying club? What kind of aircraft should I look at? How much money is it going to cost? And then we've gone as far as to work with AOPA and the Rusty Pilot Program through a documentary film we're working on to bring those rusty pilots back. So we've really tried to cover all those bases uh, and reach out to those pilots. You know, and I'm glad you brought up that rusty pilots. If you're listening right now and you haven't been flying in a while, I want to challenge you to go out there to AOPA's Rusty Pilots program. I'm sure they have something coming up in the future near you because of the fact that this program has been so successful. They're really pushing it. And, and Jason, you're, you actually, I commend you for what you've done. You, you've really helped them push that forward. I think it's, it's great what you've done with the Rusty Pilots program. Uh, but And also the other programs. So, so if, if I'm looking at M0A, I, there are so many different things on there there's there's online ground school there's there's many different products to instrument private etc there's different resources that are on there you just talked about a youtube channel wow i mean you've got a couple videos out there don't you sure yeah we had 3.1 million views last year alone so we're very very blessed to uh uh, be able to reach out to those pilots and it starts with that you know and that's we've always built our business on that what you would call a freemium type model uh if I could give it all away uh, for free, I would. Um, and that's the model we tried to express. Put as much great content out there. And when somebody needs something um, and we have that product, you know they'll, they'll be there uh, to support you with that. So that's always been our, our business practice and principle for sure. So how did, you know, I'm looking at this, and you're incredibly passionate about aviation. You do some, some great videos, and they're high energy. And, yes, you appeal to, to a lot of uh, the new generation of pilots, but, you know, you, you also appeal to the old guys like me. We love the new media. We like, we like watching things online. We also love the, the YouTube videos, et cetera. But, you know, what? why, Jason, I have to say, in the beginning, when, when you mentioned to people, hey, I'm going to get into the aviation business, they, they probably thought you are a little bit nuts. It's like, you know, why, why would you do that? there's not, you know, it's, it's a very, very challenging market out there, especially with all the noise and all the different training products out there. Why did you do it? No, you are, um, you're absolutely right. And we saw a need in the market, though, is what we did. And it wasn't all easy going. You know, the, the backstory is longer than we have time for on this podcast, but it wasn't always easy going. We, there was plenty of months where we just, you know, scraped by as the business grew and everything else to what it is today. But, you know, the reason we really got into it is because we saw that need of exactly what you said. Where is the next group and generation of aviators going to come from. You know, John and Martha King are very good friends of ours and, you know, we've shared business advice with them. They've shared business advice with us and and they've shared with me as well. It says, Jason, we can't keep doing this forever. You know, where is that next little bit going to come from? And, And hopefully we can maybe fill that void one day. I mean, they've done such a phenomenal thing for aviation and it's a matter of what's what's next. You know, when it's time for someone like that of that stature to retire, and I'm not by any means trying to compare myself to them because uh, what they've done is well beyond anything we've done. Um, but there is a, a gap approaching that we're hoping to to fill in that case. I, th- I think you're doing a great job filling that gap. I mean, I, I really like the material you have out there and I'd suggest it of anybody. But let's go back to Jason. Jason, you know, why did you get into flying? What, what draw you to this aviation? Sure. So the story that got me into aviation was, and I'm too young to remember it. This is how it was told to me. My grandmother used to take me to the airport. We would pack a little lunch, and this was just to get, you know, out of my parents' hair. My grandmother would take me to the airport. I'd literally hang on the airport fence. This is back when you could do that. They wouldn't cart you away in handcuffs like they will at some airports nowadays. And we would just sit there and and watch these airplanes take off and land. And it really, I, I got bit with the bug then, I believe. 
Um, I am a product of the Young Eagles. In fact, my Young Eagles certificate, the one signed by Chuck Yeager from a long, long time ago, is sitting on my desk right here in front of me now. And that was really my first flight. Um, and, and I'm a product of that, a, a product of a, a system that I think is a program that is awesome, that being the Young Eagles program, and it just continued to grow, and it took some persistence on my part, and there were a lot of uh, roadblocks and almost giving up, but um, just kind of continuing to follow that dream, and it's not always easy to follow your dreams. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be obstacles, uh, but you just kind of have to see that light at the end of the tunnel and know uh, what you're working towards. And I think anybody, you know, you guys all have stories that's just like, you know, maybe I'm not meant to be a pilot. And yet then you overcome that and you're so thankful for, for what you did. You know, we all have stories like that. And everybody has a, a varied path along along their career or along their path to becoming a pilot. And it is discouraging because you know what? We're not all born pilots. I mean, we, we all have challenges. It may be landing. It may be trying to understand something about weather, the math involved. I don't know. Whatever it is for you, you're going to have a hurdle. But that's the cool thing. If it was easy, then you probably wouldn't do it. You're doing it for the challenge. You're doing it to relax. You're trying to get your mind off other things. But it's something that I think that, that most people can resonate with. It's something that you know we all come together as pilots, and we really have this, this really cool community of people, people from all over the world, people that are Farmers and CEOs of companies. We're, we're all sitting there together speaking about this thing that we absolutely love. I find that aviators are incredibly passionate about what they do. I, I don't know if you'd agree with that, Jason. Absolutely, without a doubt. <laughs> you know, one of the things you mentioned, though, in your start, and, and it's the reason this podcast got started, was Young Eagles. I can't say enough about it. You know, Len Costa, who started the Stuck Mike Avcast, he actually was introduced aviation through the Young Eagles program, which is still going strong. It's through the Experimental Aircraft Association. You know, we need more advocates uh, like that out there to, to move forward in, in aviation. And EAA is doing, doing a terrific job. And, and you're doing a terrific job at it, too. And I think that that's really cool. But there's some other things that, that I think that are, that are neat about Jason. You know, Jason, um, I don't know if you can tell, he's kind of a, like a low-energy kind of guy. <laughs> and uh, absolutely, and 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 there's times when when you figure, you look at him and you say, well, gosh, you know, how in the world does he keep that up? You must not sleep at all. How do you do this? You know, I, I list. So last episode, you and Eric had a great conversation where you talked about it doesn't feel like you work at all. You know, I, I had somebody once once we we're having a conversation. They said, Jason, the difference between you and I is you live to fly and I fly to live. They were talking about themselves. Flying to them was just a job. Carl, I guarantee <laughs> you have some coworkers that when you're booked with them, you go, oh, I'm flying with that, that guy again. You know, we, of course, won't name any names, but you just know those kind of guys that flying is a job for them. But for anyone listening to this podcast, you guys were chatting with right now, I guarantee you guys all live to fly. You don't fly to live. Um, and... and it's such a great point. When you don't feel like you have a job, you wake up every morning ready to, to kick butt because you're so passionate about what you do. It's like I, I joke and tell people, I don't really have a job. I, I feel like I'm retired almost because I get to go to work. I get to work with my wife. We get to bring our daughter into work. We hang out. We film a few aviation videos and we go home. And it's just a wonderful day. I have to agree with you. I, I go to work to play, and, and my play is my work. I mean, I, I really, you know, going out there and, and finding somebody that you're flying with, like you mentioned, it can be really, really distracting, especially when you're flying with somebody who's, you know, really down on life and down on their job, and they say, oh, I'm just just doing this for the money, you know, that type of thing. So I, I really, I can, I can resonate with that. But then on the other side of the coin, it's wonderful when you fly with someone who loves what they're doing and loves flying. I, you know, it's hard for people, though, to actually understand that. Uh, you know, there was, it's hard for a lot of folks on this podcast to understand that because they're not airline pilots. It's, this isn't their job. They don't feel like they're stuck. You know, there's so many airline pilots that are stuck because it pays so well once you become a captain that they can't go anywhere else. But they got to, what happens, they lose that love and feeling. There's a way to get it back. And what I tell people is go back to your roots and start over. Look at why you became passionate about aviation. Help somebody get into aviation. You know, start going forward with that. I think that's really important. Give somebody that boost. Give them a ride. Pay for them to go up in a ride. There's a guy I just uh, spoke with. He's a Czech airman at the airline, and 
You know what he did? He actually went out to a local airport here in Tampa and let his son fly a Stearman. He was so excited to watch his son do that that now he's back into general aviation again, and I think that's really cool. And we need to do more of that. And it needed to bring more and more people forward to do that type of thing. Uh, so, Jason, I, I really, I really think that's a great point. Uh, I get, I, we all have fun, at, and and there are days when it is work, uh, but the, the days that it is work are are very few. You know, it might be like three percent of the time, as opposed to ninety-seven percent of the time where it's just just awesome. So, uh, but now you've you've been this advocate for aviation. You've brought these training materials forward. How did you go about? getting into the online marketplace i mean that's that seems kind of daunting at first how did you how'd you learn this i mean it's probably just like flying you just start with day one and you look it up but how'd you do that sure well i was smart enough to marry into the online marketplace so here's the story i had this grand idea to start an online ground school um, one day and i was doing kind of some youtube videos and had minimal traction if that we're getting like 16 views on a video and i just wanted to cry every time because no one was watching these videos and i didn't understand why and about that time i met my wife or soon to soon to be wife at that time ashley and ashley was very involved in the marketing side of things ashley was a professional swimmer and triathlete and she had to market herself for her sponsors she has that business uh, major from the university of florida uh you know she is a she's a pro at the marketing side of things so i said listen i've got this great idea maybe you can help me with it and and sure enough we we went into business partnership and and of course now we're we're married and we have a beautiful uh 10 month old a little girl named ella Wow, congratulations. That's awesome, man. That's just that's a great you. story. You know, speaking about about being married into aviation, because this is such a, a, a passionate endeavor and it takes up a lot of our time, uh, I, I'm wondering, you know, what your feelings are as far as trying to do that balance between aviation and, and your, your spouse and uh, you know, does your spouse fly? Does she, is she just is she someone that isn't interested in flying but loves the aviation world, that type of thing? And how do we bring them into the tent? How do we bring a spouse that's kind of reticent to get towards aviation into this big tent here of aviation? That is a, a thing we deal with on a regular basis with our online ground school members. So I do a, like a webinar uh, every Monday night with our online ground school members. We, they ask questions and this inevitably at least comes up once every two weeks, I would say. Jason, I love aviation. My spouse isn't so crazy about it. What do I do? And some of the best advice I can give and some of the things I've done is, okay, let's, how can we get that spouse in that airplane? Well, I've gone up as the flight instructor and said, listen, let me go flying with your spouse first. Because the, the big thing is I don't want to go flying with that guy over there pointing to their husband or their wife or whatever it is because they know how they can be sometimes. So let me take you know, your wife up flying, your husband up flying, whatever it may be for a discovery flight. And let's just go fly around, kind of show them everything, let them take the controls, let them have a good time. And, and this goes for anything, getting anybody into aviation. I'm not going to take you up on a gusting to 15 day. I'm not gonna take you up on an overcast day. I wanna take you up on the prettiest day possible. Today would be a pretty good day uh, to go flying. I wanna take you up on a beautiful day to go flying so you have a great first experience. What happens so often when these spouses don't wanna uh, fly anymore, and we dealt with this a lot with our rusty pilot guys we were working with who stopped because they lost their purpose because their spouse no longer wanted to fly with them and the purpose was to go visit the grandkids. But we can't visit the grandkids because now their wife won't fly with them because usually they took them up on a day that maybe they shouldn't have and they got bumped around and, and they you know couldn't get out of the turbulence and the, the spouse just didn't have a good time and wasn't enjoying it. You know, Taking off at 3 p.m. in July in Florida is not a good idea. It's hot, it's bumpy, and they're not going to enjoy themselves. So you have to plant the seed and it has to be on that perfect day and get them going and maybe have your instructor take them up is usually some of the best advice I can give. You know, Jason, I'm that person. I'm the one that took my spouse up on a July afternoon at 3 p.m. and there were thunderstorms on, on the one side of the field and we had to, to turn quickly to get away from them. And uh, I'm, I'm glad my wife didn't run away then. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that is some great advice. You want to do it at the end of the day. So I was able to actually convince my wife to get back in the airplane. And this time we did it at sunset, like you said, and I took her over this wonderful bridge, the Skyway Bridge in Tampa Bay, flew around, and we went out of this little airport called, called Albert Witted. So what, what I did, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, is try to appeal to what they like. You know, my wife yes. wanted to go to a restaurant. Well, you know what? There's a restaurant there, and there's a bar upstairs. And maybe having a couple of cocktails may have helped her relax a little bit, I'm sure. And <laughs> yes. as a matter of fact, it, it relaxed her a little bit too much, because when we got on the ground, she started telling people that I flew under the Skyway Bridge. And I said, hon, no, that's not what we did. We flew <laughs> over the Skyway Bridge. And I said, please don't tell that to anybody. And of course, she did tell that story over and over again. But now she's actually gotten back into it. What I've done, and this is just an example, to bring my wife back into this, is I started something that she was interested in, and that was scholarships. I started aerospacescholarships.com, and now we have the largest directory of aerospace scholarships out there. And my wife is actually starting to help me with that. So that brought her into aviation. She she doesn't really want to fly too much, uh, but she does want to get into aviation and be around the people. The thing that she thought was really cool, and I think this is something that, that you should do, is bring along your spouse when other spouses are around and your partners, etc., and bring them to an event. And then they get talking, and they have so much fun. And, and the thing that she asked me all the time, she says, hey, is is Larry, you know, Larry Overstreet. She always asks, is Larry's wife going to show up at this event? Because I'd love to see her. And and then she starts coming to those events where Larry's wife is there. And then she meets other people and that type of thing. And then it grows. And it, it, it's great for the two of us. It really is great for our relationship. But it's also, it, it's great to be able to have fun together. And I think that's really important. If you're married and you're listening to this and you have somebody special in your life, you really do have to grow together. And, uh, you know, we, we, don't do, we don't usually do advice as far as relationships, but it, in, in aviation it's important because it is such Absolutely. an important part of our life, that's for sure. You know, Jason, you mentioned the Rusty Pilots Program. D- give us a little granularity on as to what are you doing with the Rusty Pilots Program specifically. Sure. So we um, – I'm a bit naive sometimes and just crazy enough to dive into stuff. So we actually, and we're about 30 days out from having this complete, um, launched a documentary called Flying Again. Uh, we launched a Kickstarter back in December. We raised $50,000 in 20 days and said, holy smokes, this is something the market wants to see. So let's move forward with it. We went uh, all over. We, we were in the Grand Canyon. We went up to, uh, uh, flew in Detroit's airspace with Rusty Pilots. We've been, of course, all over Florida. We worked with Ariel Tweedo from Flying Wild Alaska, who became a Rusty Pilot after Flying Wild Alaska ended. And we worked with her getting her current uh, and back in the cockpit. And all this was, of course, captured in that documentary type style and literally right now we have a great uh, composer his name is Paul Deacon and he is out uh, composing an original 90 minute score over the entire film um, to really tie it all together and we're this is going to sound crazy but we're in talks right now nothing's official but uh, fingers crossed we're in talks right now of having a 50 city theatrical release actually in a theater near you type stuff uh, as well as DVD, Blu-ray, Netflix, Hulu, iTunes, Amazon, you know, all the major sources. So it's taking aviation, it's the same concept that we started with, that I, that I first talked about. Taking aviation and putting it where people are. Imagine if we had a, a you know, an educational aviation documentary that was at your AMC or your Regal Cinema in your town. Um, or on Hulu, on, you know, on Netflix, uh, for, for the mainstream to see because the movie's called Flying Again, but it's not just about aviators who stopped flying. It is such an inspirational story to keep your proficiency and how to stay proficient and, and how to get involved in things like the WINGS program and, and living out that mantra that a good pilot is always learning. You know, the one thing we realized with these rusty pilots is they all gave up something they loved, which was aviation, Usually, for someone they loved, a family member became sick. A spouse said, geez, I just don't feel safe flying with you anymore. And they became rusty. And first, they had to overcome their personal battles. Sometimes it's time, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's a a family member being sick. And get that squared away. And we captured all that in the documentary. And then they make that transition back in the cockpit. And to see the joy on these people's faces when, when... 
they get up in the cockpit again and just look outside and go, listen, this is, uh, and I'm going to quote our buddy Tom Frick because I've seen the movie like 80 times. Tom Frick is up in the air and it's, the, it's one of my favorite shots and he's looking outside and he says, you know, this is where I was meant to be. This is, I, I can't believe I, I thought about giving this up. And I don't want to spoil a, a whole lot of it, but it's a, from a, a story early on in uh, Tom's flight training where he almost thought about giving up flying and fell into that rusty pilot category. And it's just it's such a moving piece because it appeals to the individual. Um, and of course, aviation uh, plays a huge role in it from a, from a beauty standpoint and everything else. So I think you guys will be really impressed. I know it'll be all over Florida for you guys. Um, and Sean, we do plan on getting it up there in the Lexington and Louisville area. So hopefully that's near you um, as well. But we're, we're just, it's been a huge undertaking. I, I didn't realize what it was like to make a movie. Um, I just used to make, you know, fun YouTube videos and release ground school videos. Uh, a movie is a entirely different undertaking, uh, but it's been such a blessing to learn everything and kind of see it. So uh, to have it come to fruition here in 30 days is going to be uh, um, just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And to see what it's going to do for aviation, that these rusty pilots out there watch this movie and go, listen, that guy did it. I can do it. And hopefully it can serve as that motivation to get them back in the cockpit. I can't wait to see it on the large screen because aviation is such a huge world. Uh, you, it's hard to describe it, but being on the big screen, I think it's a little bit easier visually to describe what aviation is like. All these these movies about uh, you know av aviation, and uh, I think they're the best when they're on a large screen. So I can't wait to see it on the big screen. Uh, that's mm -hmm. that's gonna be terrific. It's all the different avenues. I think that that's really really cool. And I you know I, I really commend you for doing this. But what where can they find that? I mean, how do you find out about that video? Sure. The URL is flyingagainmovie.com. Uh, we have two or three trailers up right there. They can check that out. They can also pre-order the DVD or Blu-ray if they'd like, or they can wait. Uh, it'll be a few months till it comes out on Netflix and everything else. So they want to get a DVD copy. Now's the time to do it. Uh, and we have a companion book uh, as well, because the movie is going to serve as the inspiration. Okay, Jason, great. You inspired me. I want to get back in the cockpit. But now what? What is that next action step? Well, we're going to release the companion book that says, hey, you haven't flown since X amount of time. And it's based on a timeline. So we'll use you as an example, Carl. If Carl, if you haven't flown in five years, you'd open up the book and you go, okay, here's everything in aviation that's changed in the last five years since you last flew. Haven't flown in 10 years? Read the 10-year chapter and the five-year chapter to catch you up on Garmin 430s, to catch you up on, by the way, do you know we use this cool thing called an electronic flight bag and all these neat iPad apps to get everybody up to speed on that because the biggest obstacle, once I've inspired the pilots to get back in the cockpit, the hard part now is it's a little bit intimidating. What do you mean there's, there's over 480 towers in the United States now? Back when I was flying, there was about 80 of them. And I got to talk to people now and we got to work them, overcome those obstacles because the skill of flying comes back relatively easy. It's that principle of disuse upstairs in the noggin that that slips away so easily and we forget how to talk on the radios. We forget what's required in Class Bravo airspace and we've got to brush up on that area. The knowledge is really the biggest obstacle to overcome once we've inspired these pilots to get back in the cockpit. From your experience, if, if somebody's listening right now and they haven't flown in five, ten years, and they say to themselves, gosh, you know, I don't know, it's going to take me years to get back into flying. It'll probably take me six months. You know, what is it, what's it going to take, you think, for, for people? What's the average person take to get back to the point where they're flying safely again? AOPA says one hour for every year they've been out of flying, which makes sense because I think we've all, as a CFI, I certainly have dealt with what I call serial flight review people. They're, they're students I only see every 24 calendar months, and I was the last entry in their logbook. And usually their BFR is a lot harder. It takes about, it's about two hours of flying. So that makes perfect sense. Uh, we worked with, you know, Ariel Tweedo hadn't flown in about three years. And we worked with a gentleman named Bill Clayton who haven't flown in over 30 years. And the difference is drastic, obviously. And Bill took all 30 of those hours, um, according to AOPA's uh, data, to get back current. And it, was, it certainly added a lot of comic relief to the film as well, because there's some moments where you're going, uh, he's up there flying and gets lost. And I'm just kind of sitting there quietly watching all this unfold. And it, it's, it's so interesting, though, his level of dedication to get back in, but what it really ultimately required, which was all that knowledge on the ground, 
then apply it up into the, the classroom and the sky and the airplane. So if we watch flying again, we can go out there and relate this to our lives. And, and this might get us back into aviation saying, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the goal of it. Absolutely. You know, you have another thing that I think is really cool. And I'd like you to explain this. And I, I think it's a, this, this is something I'm, I'm really excited about is this. You have this thing. It's a safer pilot challenge. I think it's 30 days or something or a 31 day safer pilot challenge. Tell us yes. a little bit about that. What is that? So I launched that, I want to say, three years ago now, and it, it gets revitalized every, every uh, first of the year around January. And the 31 Day Safer Pilot Challenge is geared towards just that. Every single day you watch a video that's going to make you a safer, smarter pilot. And it's a, it's a commitment on your part. You sign up for it. I'm going to email you, you know, every day for 31 days to watch this video, to comment on it. And it's really become a community and a movement. And really the Safer Pilot Challenge was kind of the first big splash we made. I mean, we were doing plenty of work, trust me, but it was the first big splash where we really got some traction. Everybody said, listen, this is cool stuff. Um, it, it starts out talking about things that we don't really cover much. And that topic is an engine failure on takeoff. Too often we talk about engine failures in flight, but what about an engine failure on takeoff? What if I have runway remaining? What if I don't have runway remaining? I've heard about this thing called the impossible turn. What is it really impossible? What does all that mean? And we, we go over that in a step-by-step -step type basis. And we go into topics that you normally wouldn't learn. We dive into the pedostatic system. We talk about hypoxia and I show a video where I was uh, maybe you guys have done it, flying down uh, in Melbourne uh, in the Southern uh, Aviation Medical Institute in their hyperbaric chamber. They have a flight simulator where you actually get hypoxic as you're getting vectored on this flight simulator to see your symptoms. And they learn that, hey, listen, your symptoms are going to come about the same way each and every time. If first you get a headache, then you get cyanosis and whatever else it may be, those are your symptoms of hypoxia. And we just educate um, a day at a time and they're quick little videos for the most part. I try to keep everything under five minutes because we, I know we do live in this one it now society where a video much longer than five minutes, that's our attention span nowadays. And I, I it stinks, but I, I get it. So we try to get everything out in plain English, but as efficiently as possible um, for the business executive on the go or for the, the career minded pilot who's driving to the airport now for his next flight lesson, just wants something to listen to. So what made you decide on engine failure on takeoff, the first one? Boy, I tell you, I, me personally, I probably would have put tower radio communication, something a, a little, uh, you know, a little bit calmer. And, and, but, but you start off right off the bat, bam, here we are, engine failure on takeoff. I think you have to. I mean, it's easy to talk about, here's a video to improve your landings. Here's a video for better radio communications. And sure, you'll get a, a 100,000 views uh, for, for a popular topic like that. But I wanted to educate people on something they may not even know they need to be educated on. Everyone knows they need to get better on their, at their landings. Everyone knows they need to get better at radio communications. But when's the last time you practiced an engine failure on takeoff? And for most people, the answer was never. When's the last time you picked a nice long runway, say 10,000 feet, you rotate, you get to 100 feet, and you pull the power back to idle? Do you know how the airplane would respond? Do you know how quick you have to react and actually push that nose over? Because I bet... And I know before you even bring that throttle all the way back to idle, the stall warning horn is on. You're dropping like a rock and you have to really nose that airplane over to keep that airplane flying and keep that airspeed positive. And people need to see that. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And I'm also smart enough to realize that the, the first few videos are the ones that get watched the most and they kind of drop off from there and that's just regular attrition that happens. I figured this is a topic that I really strongly believe everybody should know to do. I'm an advocate that all my private pilots do that. All my private pilots go up and do spins. We do some unconventional training um, with, with the students I'm able to work with here. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, that I noticed on the video that's on there, there's a perspective uh, camera from the back of the airplane. Uh, describe a little bit uh, the visual effects in these videos for folks that haven't seen them before. Are they going to just see things from the back of the airplane? No, I, we try to show everything from so many different angles. You want to see a steep turn? Great. I'll show you a steep turn from my perspective, but I'm also going to show you a steep turn from outside of the airplane because you hear your instructor say, slice it across the horizon, slice it across the horizon. But what does that really mean? I, I, sometimes I hear these things and I, I smile, I nod my head to my instructor that I think I'm appeasing them, but I don't really understand what they're saying. So when I can show it to you from an elevator camera or a wingtip camera and you can say, oh, 
wow, that's what 45 degrees looks like. Oh, there's that horizon. That's what that's the where I'm making my 45 degree mark. I can really see that now. So if I can take you outside the cockpit while we're flying, which we do in a good portion of our videos, for example, our spin video we recently put up, you can see it all from a different perspective because it's the same way we teach VORs. And not to get on a VOR rant here for a half a second, but I find students struggle so much learning VORs in the cockpit. Holds would be another one. Holds are very difficult to teach in the airplane because it takes a little time to set all that up. But when I can take you outside the airplane and I can show you a top-down view of where you are in relation to the station, assuming we're talking about VORs, and then I can put you back in the cockpit to help you really grasp everything. And sometimes you need that. That's for my visual and my kinesthetic learners out there. It really helps to take a step back sometimes. Jason, one of the things that I think uh, you guys do a, a great job at is the interactivity, the social media aspect of things. I know I, I get the little Periscope notifications every now and then when you guys sure. are out flying. Uh, kind of talk about how you're able to, to, you know, you put the video out there and, and that's not the end of it. You're still interacting with your people. Well, and, and you have to. You know, we try to go beyond customer support, and, and I'll use your, your Periscope as an example. Periscope is a live streaming app. Uh, lately, we've had a lot of traction with it. We've had about 160 to 200 live viewers uh, on some of our recent just laps around the patterns and these sort of things that it's a great chance to interact with our customers and with prospective customers who may not buy something today, but maybe one day down the road, they'll say, oh, Jason's got that pass your private check ride book. Great. I got my check ride coming up. So we, it goes back to that, that premise of meeting everybody where they're at. They're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're on Periscope, and we've got to reach out to them. Um, from that, from that medium, and that's something we've tried to uh, do our best to embrace. You know, we um, we get product support tickets on on Twitter, on Facebook. People always ask questions, and that's where they're comfortable doing it. So we try to reach out to them like that. Aviation has to get out mainstream like that. We do a decent job social media wise. When I say we, I mean the whole aviation community. But we could do a whole lot better. Um, when there's an aviation accident, uh, I just saw a recent thing. Uh, Rod Machado uh, was on uh, national news talking about the pilot shortage. We need guys like that talking to Fox News and CNN and being that uh, that voice of reason, really, um, for general aviation. And that advocation starts on social media, I believe. And that's really how you grow this tribe of people that are into aviation. The pilot shortage is here. It's amongst the professionals. It's also amongst uh, those of us that are in, in general aviation. And, you know, I, but, but here's the thing, though, Jason, and I hope you agree with this. I think it is moving the needle. We are moving in that direction. I just look at Sun and Fun, and I see all the young folks that are, are coming by, and they're excited about aviation. seems like we have kind of have almost a lost generation of pilots there. No, I, um, I totally agree with you. I mean, you can look at um, Sun and Fun, Oshkosh, both put together their most impressive years ever, historic. Uh, Sun and Fun just released their numbers, and they were up significantly, double digits, uh, the percents of attendance. Uh, we had our best Sun and Fun in Oshkosh, not only economically, but just from the amount of hands we shook, people we met, autographs we've signed, everything uh, above. And the neat thing is, like you said, it's a new demographic that's coming through. The, the 35 to 55 year old demographic of aviators is booming. Absolutely. And it's a lot of hobbyist pilots. But what we really saw were these uh, 18 to 25 year olds that say, I want to be an airline pilot. And thank goodness too, because we need them. Uh, I have some friends that are in flight training right now. And They've had a different CFI about every week, and it kind of reminds me of when I was doing my training, I was working on my commercial um, 06-ish, and I mean, again, I had eight different CFIs for my commercial certificate, just because it's back when the airlines were hiring like crazy. Look at what like Eric Crump's doing with this uh, ExpressJet uh, partnership he's got going on. I mean, the airlines are looking for these great qualified pilots, and the industry is booming to give them to them. So I'm, we're, we're 
so blessed right now uh, as an industry, I, I believe. Don't let the naysayers tell you anything else. No, don't let the naysayers. And as a matter of fact, I just got off an interview with the folks at ExpressJet, and they they really need people. The airlines, especially the regional airlines, are hurting right now. And, uh, you know, there's just not as many qualified folks out there. Part of it, I think, is maybe somewhat our fault. Let's look at ourselves and say, have we been able to promote aviation? Uh, have we kept this as a club and, and not let other people into our club? And, and I think... It's changing, though. I think we're starting to realize that, yeah, we need to market to those people, and we need to market to everybody and get everybody into this fold because there's, <laughs> there's not quite as many pilots as there used to be in general. The more pilots, it raises <laughs> raises everybody's boat, and, and it makes more pilots for the aviation careers. But, you know, one thing, Jason, I, I'd like your opinion on this. Someone comes to you and says, well, you know, Jason, this is great. I love flying. But, you know, it, it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, we, how no, would you I, answer that? <laughs> the, I'll give you the answer. The two biggest killers of flight training dreams are time and money. Nothing else kills flight training dreams more than those two. You either have the money and don't have the time, or you have the time and you don't have the money. You have to get both of those in balance. Too often we think, oh, I just have to budget for it. But it's more than that. You have to budget the time for it. Because flying once a month won't cut it. I promise you will spend a ton more money if you only try to fly once a month. Or, geez, even once every two weeks is enough. I advocate at least flying minimum once a week which means booking at least two lessons because weather, maintenance, life just gets in the way sometime and one of those lessons is going to end up canceled. But for those who don't have the money, Carl, you have a wonderful resource. Uh, we've launched a scholarship as well through Women in Aviation that, by the way, isn't just for women. It just happens to be through the Women in Aviation uh, International uh, that includes your ground school to plant that seed. And it's whatever level of ground school you need. It's private instrument, commercial. You get, you get it all so you can work through that. It gets you out to the Women in Aviation Conference, which, by the way, has to be probably, I would argue, the best career-minded networking event out there. Uh, I, I can't imagine a place where more airline interviews get conducted uh, than last year in Dallas at Women in Aviation. This year it's in Tennessee. But if money is an obstacle you and it's really your dream, you're going to find a way. AOPA, uh, it's not official just yet, but uh, one of our ground school members, I won't reveal the name so I don't spoil AOPA's news, but AOPA just announced their scholarship winners. Uh, we have a ground school member who is one of those winners, and AOPA gives a decent size. I want to say it's you know five, six grand. It's a decent chunk of money to go complete a certificate or in his case, uh, continue his instrument rating. You know. There's so many great options if you're willing to put in the effort. And to me, it all comes down to mindset. We get emails all the time of, of I'm trying to think of a polite way to put it, but I'm just going to be brutally honest with you. Uh, and Carl, maybe you can relate to this. But occasionally, I'll get an email from somebody who's just kind of looking for the Shepard family to write a check for their flight training. <laughs> and they may, they may mean very well, but I don't. Like that attitude, I would rather somebody go out there and kick butt and wait tables and and scrape money together to make their flight train happen rather than just kind of look for a handout with it. Because if you think you need a handout for your private pilot, it only gets more expensive from there. So you've got to budget appropriately. There's so many great options out there. You know, I started out detailing airplanes, really clean. And when I say detailing, it was on a creeper cleaning the belly of airplanes for flight hours for my private pilot certificate. I was very blessed to have, you know, mom and dad help out with some things, grandma help out with some things. But when we weren't a wealthy family, so when money was tight, it was Jason cleaning airplanes. It was out, uh, uh, you know, my my parents were so dedicated to to helping live this flight train dream out. I remember dad went out and was pressure washing driveways in the neighborhood for money to help fund flight lessons. When you get your team and your tribe on board to help you with these sort of things, you're going to accomplish your dream. But you have to have that clear cut vision. You can't just go around looking for handouts. You've got to be willing to go on to Carl's website and apply for every single scholarship. Find a creative way that you you apply for that scholarship that it, it you know works for you, um, and just kick butt at it. That's that's my advice. But time and money, you've got to have both in balance. I'm sorry to ramble on that, but that's a topic I'm very very passionate about because. <laughs> 
everybody I feel could be a pilot if they're willing to put the work ethic. Listen, brother, I, I hear you, man. I've been out there uh, for years and and telling people there's money out there for you. You know, if if you think you can do it, you can. And somebody probably has a scholarship. And you know, when we started this guy, we said, oh, how hard could it be? And now we we were. This is my full time job is just working on scholarships. And as a matter of fact, yes. Jason, we just added your scholarship to our guide. Thank you. And uh, Thank the you. Women in Aviation Scholarship. When you said AOPA, I mean, I was like, yes, I'm I'm glad someone's mentioning these scholarships. Uh, those scholarships are $5,000, but they also, AOPA has one. If you have a financial need, now, now Jason, remember, and, and everybody listening, remember, it's not just for financial need. A scholarship is because you have a passion and an interest in something. You know, remember yes. in baseball, you get a scholarship for being a good baseball player, not for a financial need, just like these scholarships. But let's say you do have a financial need. There's scholarships for you. AOPA has one that's $12,000. Then wow. that, that can help somebody that has a financial need, that's somebody that has passion about aviation and can't afford it. And I think that's just awesome. And I'm glad you, you know, this, this is a, a real sticking point. There's, there's scholarships out there for $65,000 to get through all your ratings. So, so they're out there. There's ones for $500. And, and like Jason said, you know, don't discount anything. Get that $500 scholarship. $500 is $500. You know, just, mm-hmm. and, and don't, and, and yes, sir, I, I tell you, I do get those phone calls and say, hey, listen, you know, I want this, I want that. You have to make the effort. You know, money Mm -hmm. is an obstacle, but it's just that, an obstacle. Just like getting over the fear of, say, doing stalls, that's an obstacle. You need to do it. You need to go forward with it. And and Jason, I think just your attitude helps people move forward. I think that's terrific. Thanks for for mentioning that. Uh, Because there's, just look at, at, uh, you mentioned Sun and Fun. Last year, what, over $450,000 in scholarships they gave away. Just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So there's money out there. It's just incredible. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and I think this is great that you're doing this with the women in aviation. Again, like you said, anybody can apply for those scholarships. There are certain ones that are just for females, but most of their scholarships are for everybody. It's a big tent out there. Mm-hmm. And again, they mm-hmm. have some, some terrific uh, uh, different programs that they have out there. But, you know, g- getting back to, to, you know, what you're doing and, and promoting aviation, you do so much in promoting aviation and moving people forward. What else do you do? I know you have the scholarship uh, and, and you're into the Rusty Pilots program. You're out there. I'm assuming you speak at a few different events. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last year, we spoke at over 50 events. This uh, coming up 2016, I'm looking to double that. Uh, we do a good pilot tour or we travel all around the country. This year will be with the family. And uh, we're going to deliver those wings credit type seminars, usually covering something pertinent like aviation accidents. Uh, this year, it was an analysis of the JFK Jr. crash that we literally recreated it on a flight simulator. And then I went through and kind of narrated as it happens and put you in his shoes all the way up to the, uh, you know, effectively graveyard spiral slash spin um, into the ocean. And we, we work through that and say, geez, we could have prevented the accident here. We could have stopped it here. We could have done this. And to show everybody these chain of events of an accident. So absolutely do it. That's a video I'll have up on YouTube here towards the end of the year once I'm done giving that uh, seminar. I've done it at Sun and Fun Oshkosh and uh, plenty of small airports all around the country. I mean, just next week, I'm going to be at the Pineville Fly-In uh, in New Orleans. So we're um, we're all over the place. We're, we're very, very fortunate to... Um, have some demand to have us come out there. And I'm, I'm very blessed and very uh, um, certainly more than happy to do that. So, and again, that goes to anybody listening. If you have a flying club or something like that, and it's along our, our route that we're going to be traveling, uh, we'd love to come out and do something like that. We leave in a month for the aviation seminar at sea. Uh, this is something we do. It's a Royal Caribbean cruise where we go to uh, St. Martin, uh, Bahamas, St. Martin, St. Thomas, but particularly St. Martin to go to Airport Beach, uh, Maho Beach, as the locals call it there, <laughs> where the airplanes literally come in and land just about right on top of you. Uh, I deliver two aviation seminars uh, on our days at sea. Then the pilots and I, we all go hang out at the beach and just take a bunch of great pictures. Uh, the brave ones hang on the airport fence. We got video of that uh, with the jet blast and everything else. And it's just uh, it's a bunch of pilots hanging out and you've never seen more again the demographic usually is the 35 55 year old guys um, 
running around, hanging on an airport fence, getting sandblasted, uh, you know, by these aircrafts, just having the best time. I mean, you talk about ab geeks. I mean, these guys take it to another level. So that's something we started with. This is our third annual one. And uh, Ashley, my wife, and I said, listen, we do all these seminars. Let's do one that we can really enjoy. So thus a cruise it was. And it's uh, been that way for the past three years now. Well, man, I want to I meet you over there on Maho Beach. I, I tell you, that's such, such a cool airport. Having flown in there and been one of those guys that, that actually sprays people with our jet blast and has them rolling yes. down into the beach. It's, yes. it's, it's so neat because, all like you said, all these, these big people and older people with gray hair like mine turn into kids again, and I think that's really, really yes. cool. And uh, it, it really excites me. You know, man, you, you are truly everywhere. You're all over the Internet. You, you are just just everywhere and uh you're out there speaking and and you're doing the wings program and of course the wings program is terrific it's it's free Mm -hmm. and it gives a lot of education for free but your but your main products are are online and you have this online website could you tell us a little bit about that how someone can go out there and say they're working on the instrument what do they do how do they get to get these materials Sure. So the best thing you can do for someone working on their instrument is to go to m0a.com. You land on the homepage. It says, where are you at in your flight training? You can click on that instrument pilot. And before you ever spend a dime with m0a.com, I want you to fall in love with our teaching style. There's plenty of free podcasts. There's plenty of free videos out there for you to consume. And really, you could just consume all that and never buy anything from us. And you know what? That's A-OK. We run into those people all the time at Oshkosh. Jason, I'm a big fan. I never bought anything, but I'm a big fan. I'm like, listen, that's a-okay. That's what it's there for. I want you to fall in love with our teaching style. I want to hopefully show you something that's going to make you that safer, smarter pilot because there's going to come a day where you're really stressing about that instrument check ride and you're going to go, oh, I think I remember that Jason guy has an instrument check ride. Pass your instrument pilot check ride, ebook and audiobook. And then you're going to plug that audiobook in and you're going to listen to it on your drive. And it's just a mock check ride. I ask a question, I pause for a second, let you think of the answer in your head, then I give you that right answer. Why you're at the gym, while you're walking the dog, while you're on your long commute to work, because we've got to continue to meet pilots where they're at and help make flight training on the go because we live in an on the go society. So start out, make sure you like my teaching style. I, I am very high energy. Someone left me a comment the other day, said, Jason, I love your flight training videos, but will you stop conducting an orchestra when you're talking to us? Because you move your hands way too much. And I said, you know, that's just me sometimes. Uh, that's how I, that's how I communicate. That's how I talk and, and how I'm talking to you now is how the podcast is, how the videos are. So make sure you can put up with my voice and that high energy because that's what the online ground school is. We try to break things down into plain English for you. And that's uh, that would be where I would start. And, and I want to backtrack just a bit too, Carl. I know uh, I'm eating up a lot of time, but I want to chat with those individuals who might be thinking about flying or on the fence. Um, We have a free book called The Private Pilot Blueprint. This year, we've given out over 2,000 copies, about to be 3,000 copies here, definitely by the end of the year, of The Private Pilot Blueprint. The URL is just that, privatepilotblueprint.com. All I ask is that you pay shipping for us to send it out to you. And again, it's a free book on if I could start my flight training over or what I wish someone would have told me before I started my flight training. What makes a great CFI? Do I need to buy a headset? What books do I need to buy? Where should I start? Is ground school really that important? What should I expect on my first solo? It answers all those questions for you. And there's really nothing else like it, especially nothing else like it that's free to you. And it's our big push to grow the pilot population. I mean, I look at it as, okay, we've given out 3,000 this year. Man, if just 10% of those actually take action on that and take a discovery flight and begin to pursue flight training, and we can do that every year, uh, add 300 pilots to the queue, holy smokes, uh, that would be huge. Because that's 300 people that necessarily wouldn't have been involved in flight training otherwise. So, Jason, um, you know, you've got a lot going on with your uh, online ground school and, and the movie and uh, your speaking engagements and all of that stuff. What's next? What's what's the future of M0A? What's your ultimate goal? And And, you know, I know you want to make... Uh, an entire community of the safest pilots you possibly can. But, um, you know, what what do you got in the pipeline? What's coming down the road? Well, and and you make a great point, Tom. And you've got to see it firsthand, too, hanging out with us at Oshkosh and helping with so much, uh, you know, audio-wise at M0A.com. I'm very thankful for that. Um, 
it is a community in a way. And what we try to do is different. And I'll answer your question here in a, in a second, but I want to talk about that community because I think that's so important. When somebody becomes an online ground school member of ours, it's not just like, hey, Carl, welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks for that 147 bucks, man. All right, good luck. Have fun in the ground school. You actually get assigned a mentor who is a CFI who's going to call you and say, hey, Carl, how's that written test coming, man? Hey, Carl, I know you said you're going to go get your medical. Uh, you said you're going to do that a week ago. You haven't done it. What's up, man? And you've got not only a mentor, but you've got an accountability partner and someone who's going to kind of ride your coattails a bit and say, listen, man, that written test is the monkey on your back right now. You've got to get it done. And I really believe that's the future of flight training. Uh, and we're trying to bring that to the masses is that mentorship type model. Um, and that's where we've begun to differentiate ourselves, and that's something that's been rolling out and it's gonna really amp up come 2016. Um, what I've got in the pipeline is some, some really, really, um, what I believe is some big stuff. So obviously we're working towards everything mobile. Um, every uh, working on the m0a.com app, making all that sort of stuff come out. Um, but what's really big, and I can't reveal a whole lot of details on it because I don't want uh, uh, the, the entire world to know this just yet, but it's, a, it's definitely a quarter one goal of 2016 is we're going to be rolling out um, kind of like a flight training TV series in a way. Um, again, continuing, how can I bring aviation to the, to the masses? Um, think of it like a channel on Roku, on Apple TV to start, and then eventually we're going to work on maybe the discovery channels of the world and everything else to kind of continue to uh, look at the success that Flying Wild Alaska has had, look at the success that Airplane Repo has had, look at the people that's got excited about aviation. Okay, how hard is it really to learn to fly? That's kind of what's next, man. And it's it's a little crazy, but we do crazy things here. And it, it uh, we kind of learn as we go. It's, um, it's a model that's certainly worked for us. So uh, watch for that. We're going to continue to uh, do some more live streaming. We're going to continue to roll out a, a, a TV series uh, type segment. So just be be watching for that. That's something that's uh, in the pipeline. We're very, very um excited and nervous about at the same time so it's pretty cool that's pretty awesome man i tell you i it, you know it, it's crazy but it's a controlled craziness and i i really think that you guys have a wonderful product it's a it's an incredible team you have you know having tom frick as your team and scott carson and and, and your wife and i'm sure there's a lot of other people behind the scenes that have, that have put this all together and, uh you know we truly are a huge community and uh you know we can't do it alone and and you've proven that you've been able to bring so many people together in aviation and, and you've you have actually grown this industry by what you've done and and we really appreciate that what you what you've done and what you've done for the industry in general we're really looking forward to everything uh that's coming out in the future and uh you know unfortunately we're coming to a close here but but is there any way if people have questions about what you have what's the best place that they can go to to get in touch with you Absolutely. On m0a.com, at the very, very top of the page, there's support. There's ask Jason a question. Uh, if you don't get a hold of me, you're going to get a hold of one of those great team members uh, like you just talked about there. And, and they're all CFIs. They're going to work through and help you with those problems um, with that. So uh, by all means, reach out. And, and that's the thing, too. We, are, we do our best to get your response in under 24 hours, which a lot of people can't say. Uh, we have a live chat uh, that uh, eventually here that people will be able to use and kind of reach out to us. And we just want to be able to answer anything. If it's related to airplanes, we want to talk about it. So any questions you may have, we're, we're there for those individuals that are listening to this and certainly want to learn more or maybe hit a roadblock. Uh, we're there to help get them unstuck as well. <laughs> well, that's good because we're here at the Stuck Mike Avcast, and we're trying to get you unstuck. And and Jason, you really are doing a good job of that. I really highly recommend people going to see m0a.com. It's uh, it's quite the website. There's amazing videos. You have books. You have classes. Uh, you truly are inspiring the next generation of aviators. You're also bringing people back into aviation that have been missing for a while. So, Jason, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Carl. Really means a lot. Really appreciate it. Sean, Tom, great talking with you guys. 
And you know, we, before we go, we usually don't do an announcement when we do a, do these uh, you know these type of interviews. But I know Jason is a big supporter of this, so I just want to make a one quick announcement. I uh, I got the the spousal approval. We talked about this, and uh, I'm actually by the time this episode comes out, it'll be I'll have done this. We're trying to raise money for the flight team. As you know, I'm the coach of the Polk State flight team. If you go to stuckmikeavcast.com. You can see in the right side of the screen, it says Polk State Flight Team. And we would love to see you help donate to the Polk State Flight Team. So what I've decided is to do this. On October 9th, I'm going to be working as an airline pilot. Well, one day a year, I take my salary that I make for that day, and I give it to a charity. Well, this year, that charity is the Polk State Flight Team. So I challenge you to this. You don't have to sign up. Just send me an email. And say to me, you know, hey, Carl, I want to donate a day of my salary to the Polk State flight team. And this is what I'm going to do. I was going to make it a dollar amount, but I understand that most folks don't make that kind of money per hour. So I'm not going to mention how much I, I've made and what I've, I've raised. But I really want to try to raise money so that these these students can make it to the regionals. It, a lot of people don't realize that the, the state schools... They, they can't own airplanes because it's a state school. They have to raise their money through other, other avenues, such as going out to people and, and asking for money. So what I'm going to do is, you know, I donate my time. I'm going to donate the day. The day is actually October 9th, so this is going to come out after that. And I will put up on my website uh, that we have raised a certain amount of money for the Polk State flight team. I challenge you to do the same. And if you're listening right now, I'd really appreciate if you would do that. Maybe take a day out of your flight training, if you're a flight instructor listening, and and donate one day of your salary to the Polk State flight team. Because we really, you know, having a flight team is really important. It, It challenges people. It makes them understand competition. It makes the students understand about winning and winning with integrity. And I think that's really important. So please, Consider doing that, and uh, and I'll let you know how much money we've raised on that website. Well, folks, I also really appreciate you listening to the Stuck Mike Avcast. If you have any com- comments, questions, please go to stuckmikeavcast.com. Contact at stuckmikeavcast.com is also our email address. Any questions for Jason Shepard, we'll forward them to Jason. I'm sure he'll get back to us. Well, folks, sake flying, and we will see you next episode. Take care. Now. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.